This is Surviving to Thriving with your host, Chelsea Quint. This is the podcast designed to help you go from surviving to thriving as you manifest your dream life, love, and legacy. In this podcast, we throw out all of the rules, the shoulds, and any beliefs you've had about how hard things have to be and why you don't get to have everything you want. I'll share energetic and neuroscience concepts, tools, practices, and tangible steps you can take each week to rewrite your reality in a way that allows you to truly thrive. Get ready to jump in. Hello, dear one, and welcome back to Surviving to Thriving. And what a time to be exploring this concept of, uh, of what it actually means to thrive and, and to really potentially even integrate some shadow aspect, some judgment that we might have around what it means to survive. Because ultimately on this podcast and my work, what I aspire to do what I hope to do, what I want to do, is help you thrive based on whatever definition you have. And at the same time, you know, I recognize the, the space that I play in is the, is the personal development space, right? The self-help growth space. And so often, this space ends up pushing this notion of more, more growth, more doing, more success, more achievement, more productivity, more focus, more clarity, even more healing in a way that, right, it, it, it perpetuates this rampant consumerism that our our culture our world you know predominantly spaces of western culture but with globalization western culture has in so many ways become this sort of pinnacle and this this false god sense of sense of the point of existence the point of existence, the point of your existence, of my existence, of our collective existence is not, <laughs> is not, is not, is not to consume more, to have more. In some spaces, it may be to create more but not to create from this internalized, capitalist, productive, do, 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 more, more, more space. To create instead from the place of soul, heart, connection, to find what it is that is your medicine, right? What are you here for? Who are you? Why are you here? And to create based on the answers that you learn in that space. 
Maybe you use systems like astrology or human design or the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or right, any of those other sort of labeling systems that allow you to have this mirror, this container to know yourself, to explore yourself, to discover yourself, to meet yourself. Or maybe it's for you simply, you know, more the practice of self-discovery, being your own healer, silence, stillness practices, devotion, discipline. There's no wrong way to do it. But I, I, I really, really, I hope and I continue hoping and intending and holding space for and dreaming of and praying for us collectively to use this time to unbecome one of my favorite phrases for the work I really do. It's about all about unbecoming. I hope you'll unbecome who you thought you were supposed to be, what you were thought what you thought you were supposed to do, any shoulds, have tos, musts, supposed tos. I hope that they will be shed and that you will Come out of this time not better, not more, not more cut or more fit or more educated or more none of that. But I hope that you'll come out of this time more yourself, more authentic, more real, more expressed, more deeply connected to what you know to be true, whatever that is, and less afraid of speaking it and acting it and doing it and being it. And in an effort to help you in that process, uh, I want to share some, some guidance, some practices, some actions that you can take in these chaotic times to stay positive. If you know me, you may be surprised to hear that language, but we'll get into it a little more. But to stay positive and to continuously rate spend more of your time in a vibration, state, emotion, frequency of peace, grace, compassion, acceptance, creation, rather than survival, right? This episode is ultimately about deepening a practice in faith, right? How, how do you stay positive? The short answer is, is faith, <laughs> uh, but there's a much longer answer too. And so we're going to go through six ideas, practices, categories of, of, of things that you can play with and explore and implement into your post-coronavirus, post-quarantine, post-shelter-in-place, post-social distancing reality so that you can feel more of those emotions of grace, Love, acceptance, serenity, surrender, joy, abundance, calm, right? When I say, you know, six ways to stay positive, what I really mean is six ways not to be freaking the fuck out. 
Six ways to move with freaking the fuck out. Six ways to feel better, to feel okay, to feel safe. Because at the end of the day, if you do not feel safe, this is everything I, everything I teach comes down to this space. If you do not feel safe, you are in survival. If you are in survival, you are not creative. You are not connected. You are disconnected from highest self, from source. You put your body into a space of not being able to heal itself. You put yourself into a space of not being able to hear yourself, your intuition, to know clearly what your right next step is. That guidance exists within you 24-7 no matter what. When you are in survival, you can't hear it. And so no matter what is happening in your reality, I want you to commit to right now in this moment taking action, movement, toward one of the things that you hear in this episode today. Just listen. Tune into your body and, and notice as you're listening, as you're receiving this information, as you're receiving this, what in your body feels most like medicine? When you hear my words, when you hear my suggestions, when you hear my guidance, which pieces really land in your heart, and your belly, in your, your forehead, your third eye space, in your mind, right? However you receive information, however you get that sort of gut knowing of when you know like, yes, this is right for me, this is correct for me. How do you receive that information? And maybe you take a moment now to just check in. How do you receive information? How do you hear from your intuition? Because reminder, your intuition will speak to you in slightly different ways than mine speaks to me then your best friends speaks to them. It's all unique, individual, little, little flavors of intuition, of highest self, of guidance. And so ask yourself, right? When is the last time that you got a little nudge that you just knew something, dropped in, connected? When was that last time? And how did you know? Like, how did you receive that sensory information? Was it a sound in your head? Was it you just knew? You had a feeling in your body? You heard something, you smelled something, you sensed something. Like, how did you know? How do you know in your body when something is right for you? What does that feel like? That somatic signature of, yes, I want this. Yes, this is medicine for me. Yes, this is the next step. And that's what I want you to be looking for and listening for in your day-to-day -day existence, right? But also particularly as you listen through this episode so that you can practice this development of self-trust so so important right now self-trust and then take action based on what your self from self-trust is uh is most called toward practice an intuition building self-trust building we're doing beautiful beautiful work today so before i dive in one last request for you. First piece was medicine, a request for you that is for you. This piece is a request for the collective. Please take a moment to share this podcast, this episode in particular. Share it on your social media. Tag me if you do. Send it to a friend. Share it on your stories. Whatever you feel called to do. 
it is so deeply, deeply helpful. Um, I love hearing your messages and I really, I really love seeing when you share because what that says to me is one, that yes, it landed and it resonated, but beyond that, that, uh, that this medicine is going to be shared more broadly and connect with more folks and more folks will have access to these tools, which are free, free support. And, uh, and there are a lot of folks who need that right now. So take a moment, especially if you've been feeling into a space of how do I help? Here's a way, share, share this, share this episode, share this podcast, share another episode that really you've been leaning on for extra support. Um, and, uh, with that, let's jump in. So six ways excuse me, six ways to stay positive, aka take care of yourself, aka be more authentic in these chaotic times, in a post-novel coronavirus, COVID-19 outbreak, pandemic world. So the first is a little bit of an oxymoron, I suppose. In my mind, I was just like, wait, is that the right word? My brain wanted to flip oxymoron and automatopoeia. My brain has been doing that so much, just getting like all all twisted around in words. It's very fascinating. Um, But no, I was correct. It is not an automatopoeia. It is an oxymoron. So thing number one is uh, to stay positive. You must, you must, you must surrender to the quote unquote air quotes negative. I use air quotes because I don't really ascribe value judgment um, in my personal practice and what I and in what I teach. I don't really ascribe a value judgment of uh, positive or negative to any emotion, right? Um, I think that sadness and grief and pain are, are really beautiful teachers. Um, not easy teachers, but here's the thing. Think about your time in in any sort of educational environment. Which teachers did you learn the most from? The ones that were challenging, that were tough, that stretched you, that made you uncomfortable, that maybe made you frustrated or annoyed at times? Or the ones who were easy, where you didn't have to really work or stretch? The answer is almost always going to be the ones who stretched you. Now, you might have had a teacher who was mean and didn't create a safe space for learning, but like you get what I'm saying. And so negative, I think, is, you know, I I use that term because it's one that we understand. But should you be open to it, I do want to invite you into the the consideration, the idea that uh, like pain, pain might not be bad, might not be the enemy. Grief might not be something to avoid or move past, but something to sit with, to learn from, to make a friend of, right? And so when we surrender to these negative, quote-unquote, frequencies, negative emotions, negative experiences, what you do is you make space for them to, to actually teach you what they're here to teach. And because sometimes when we're in the moment, like we can't see the lesson. I know, I get it. There have been many times when I'm like in the muck of this doesn't feel good, this hurts, and I don't see any fucking meaning for it, 
like I don't know what this is here for I don't know why this is like I don't know so sometimes we can't see the lesson in the moment and that's okay we can't see like why it's here but even if you can't sit and find the lesson right surrendering is not searching surrendering is not saying okay I get it this is here for a reason let me figure it out that's not surrender that's control in a different lens it's control in a different outfit right surrender is letting the emotion live in you and not fighting it it is shifting your focus with a singularity onto the point of pain and how it feels in your body and what it's like and sitting there and looking at it and feeling it and sitting with it and breathing with it until it moves. I, I so often teach practices where you use sound and movement and breath to process emotion because that's I mean that's what your body naturally wants to do that's what the, the animalistic piece of us naturally intuitively knows to do we've just conditioned our way out of it so when you're surrendering to the negative what does that mean that means get on your knees and cry that means ask yourself what am I feeling right now and and if that feeling had a sound what would it be and then you make that sound you scream you will you moan you mo- moan into a pillow you bite a pillow, you punch a pillow, you kick, you, right? Like I tell my clients sometimes these are sort of controlled temper tantrums. And now I have an asterisk here, which is if you're, you know, if you're working with complicated triggers, complex trauma, um, sometimes the feelings may feel too big for you. And sometimes, frankly, when we're dealing with big, you know, big grief, potential suicidal ideation, potential complex trauma. When we're dealing with that, that's the moment when it might be dangerous for you to go into these feelings on your own. So that's the moment when you reach out. Like if you're in that space, that's the moment you reach out and you hire, hire someone like me. You hire a coach, you find a therapist, you reach out to a friend who feels like a safe space. You work with, you work with someone. Uh, because surrendering to the negative sometimes means, especially if you're someone who's got, you know, the big dark, that sometimes means that you need someone else to hold the space for you so you can surrender. I know that was my experience, which is why it's, you know, now one of my many reasons, uh, one of many reasons why it's one of my greatest joys to get to hold space for others to be in their big dark in their big feelings, in their big pain, uh, and to surrender to the negative and, and to have a safe space to do so. So loving reminder that, uh, that keeping yourself safe is of the utmost importance. And, you know, if this is your first time do it, going it on your own, y- y- you might need help. And it's a really beautiful thing to be able to ask for help. Make sure you have tools to keep yourself safe, tools, practices, people, containers to keep yourself safe when you are surrendering to the negative, especially in a time right now where isolation can be rampant, loneliness is rampant. Um, I really, I really want to do my due diligence as a practitioner to remind you to keep yourself safe. And if you don't have uh, 
tools for nervous system regulation, right? So it's either kind of work with a facilitator or at the very least make sure you have have tools to kind of get yourself back to a neutral state. If you don't have that, um, I'll go ahead and add the, the link to my Soothe uh, Somatic Tools for Nervous System Regulation, essentially, uh, mini course. I'll, I'll add the link in the show notes um, so you can grab that. Again, not going to replace working with someone individually if you've got big stuff, um, but that can be a place for you to start being your own healer and, and at least having tools to make sure you can stay safe while you're, while you're in the right now. So surrendering, using movement and tears and sound to just stop fighting the pain or the grief or the truth of what you feel right now. I often, for me, that means like curling up into a fetal pose and just like sounding, alternating between screams or wails or sobs or harp, like, you know, dropping into it, letting my body, like bringing my mind to singularly focus on the pain living in my heart, the fear living in my body, the fear, my, for me, anxiety is like this, this like coat, this like tingly sort of coat that covers my skin and just feels like this itch that's everywhere and like this jitter I can't scratch. And when I, when I feel it, I focus on it, right? I create a safe space. I focus on it. I let it get bigger. I breathe with it. I make the sound. And then eventually it moves. And if it feels like it's a moment when it's too big, then I'm like, okay, I need to back off. I lean on my tools, right? The exact tools I teach in the Soothe mini course, I lean on those tools, I reach out to the people who hold space for me if it gets too big, right? So surrender in a way that is safe to just let yourself feel. And on the sort of opposite side of the coin, thing number two, we've got play. So sort of uh, biochemically, the chemicals that are released in play are in some ways kind of the, the opposite of trauma, of survival, of shutdown, right? They're expansive, joyful, and it's, it's an elevation of your frequency, of your mental state, of your, of your being. And you can feel that, right? You can think about that. Sometimes that language sounds sort of like, what does that even mean? My frequency going up? I don't know. Ugh. Think about how you feel and like you could literally think yourself into this state right now. How do you feel when you're just being silly? By yourself, with an animal, with a loved one who you trust. Like how do you feel when you're just being silly and playful and funny? And like how does that feel? Lighter, more expanded, open, right? Versus when you're in the space of anxiety that's closed, contracted, lower. So if this is resonating with you, if the idea of play is resonating with you, I want you to write down a list of just three things. If you want to go more, go on with your bad self, be an overachiever, but it's just three things that you can do to play this week. Three things that feel playful. It might be organizing a virtual dance party. It might mean 
picking up a new a new hobby, right? Have you wanted to learn an instrument? Does that feel playful? It might be literally asking yourself like, okay, what were my favorite games to play when I was a kid and it was rainy so I couldn't go outside? Or I mean, <laughs> if you like me, I was outside when it was raining and I loved being outside when it was raining. But let's pretend, you know, we're staying inside. So what were your favorite things to do when you were a kid when you couldn't go outside? What feels like play? You dance, you wiggle, you create something for just the sake of creating it. Get like finger paints, right? Play in the kitchen, play dress up, play pretend, play make believe. How can you play? And the more too, especially if you're if you're cohabitating with someone right now and co-quarantining, co-shelter in placing right now. Um this is a really beautiful opportunity for connection. And especially if you're at a space of, you know, maybe being in a relationship where things feel tense. This is a great way to bring connection in. To break the tensity. Tensity? That's not a word. Break the tension. Uh, and be playful, right? Let yourself be playful. So make a list of at least three things and then commit to play. Every day, every day this week. How can you play? And if you find yourself in a moment of the funk and things are feeling heavy, maybe what you do is you first drop into things feel heavy right now and I'm not going to bypass that. I'm going to sit and I'm going to be in it. And then when I'm on the other side and I feel a little more space, I'm going to play. Beautiful, beautiful practice. The third thing I want to invite you into is heart work and there are many ways right heart work isn't a specific thing or a specific practice I mean I'm sure someone has coined or trademarked the term heart work um, but what I mean is simply work that is getting you into your heart right both the sort of energetic concept of your heart uh, as well as just into the space of like your heart, your soul, that deeper, juicier, open, loving, connected space. And so to do that, I, what I, I would invite you into is uh, a couple of, of different things, right? Thing number one is my, uh, my guided embodiment practices. I'll add a link uh, in the show notes for those as well. Our, our beautiful heart opening work right? A lot of times when I do that embodiment practice, and I've actually, I'm holding free workshops as well. So you can get the, the downloaded, you can download the guided practices, or you can join live for, for one of the free workshops. Um, just keep and make sure you're following me on social media, um, on Instagram and on Facebook, or that you're on my email list, any of the above, uh, to get insight on or information on when those are happening. I don't have one scheduled right now, or I would tell you, uh, but I will keep doing them. Uh, Embodiment practice is such beautiful because it's an embodied breath and sound practice that helps crack open your inner, your, your heart center, uh, which essentially means you feel more connected, right? You know that feeling when you feel disconnected from someone you love and kind of like heart is closed, things feel stiff, they feel sticky, they feel tight versus the feeling of 
connected, right? I talk a lot about like if you have a pet or a child or just someone you love so unconditionally, when you look at them, think about how you feel in your heart space and your chest and your body. That just like gooey, open, connected, just like love flowing through you. That is heart work. So you might also actually, a brilliant, this is just coming to me, uh, in one of the earlier episodes of the podcast, I want to say it's episode six maybe, seven, I can't remember, but in, go back in an early episode of the podcast, I have a guided uh, letting the love in practice. So you could go through and do that letting the love in practice. It's a beautiful, beautiful heart practice. You can do the guided embodiment practice. Uh, another thing that you can do is work with grief because grief, uh, each of your, your chakras, your energy, your primary energy centers has a sort of a a lower expression, um, lower frequency expression and a higher frequency expression, right? And so the demon, the lower frequency expression of your heart, a thing that primarily causes closing pain, constriction, lack of energy flow in your heart is grief. And so going back to number one, if you're not surrendering into your feelings, if you don't have safe space or have tools or know how to work with grief, use this time to explore a practice of grief. My sister and I are actually going to be holding a grief uh, sort of workshop in the coming weeks. Um, So if that's something that, that resonates with you, again, follow on the social medias. I don't have dates or any other details or even a link to give you, but it will be happening um, in a couple weeks. So lean into that, lean into that, lean into that, lean into that. And the last thing in this space is, uh, again, if you're cohabitating and you want to lean into some heart medicine, some heart work, is do an eye gazing. This is about connection, right? Do an eye gazing ceremony with someone who you are cohabitating. So that is essentially, you guys are going to sit across from each other, set the space, maybe play some soft music, nothing with like lyrics, but like soft music if you feel called, or honestly, you can do it in silence. Um, When I facilitate, I would usually do it in silence. Uh, And you're going to sit across from each other comfortably. And each of you will, this just makes it easier for folks. Each of you take a moment to point to your left eye. So you point to your left eye, the person across from you who you're doing this with points to their left eye, and you are going to look into their left eye. So you look at the eye they're pointing at, they look at the eye you're pointing at. You each look into each other's left eyes. I say that because I've guided a lot of these ceremonies and it gets kind of confusing. People are like, wait, left, I'm looking in your left and you're looking, it gets confusing. So point to each other's, point to your left eye so that they can see which it is and you look into each other's left eyes and you breathe together. You just sit quietly, silently. If one of you starts to giggle or starts to laugh, you let it move, but you stay gazing into one another's eyes. If you've never done that before, start with five minutes. If, you, if five minutes feels like way too long and you can't handle it, start with one, start with two. But sitting across from someone you love and sitting in this sort of really deep heart medicine, left eye to left eye connection is, is really potent, potent heart medicine right now. Thing number four. So we've got surrender to the negative, surrender to the process. 
two, play, three, heart work, all those different ideas. Four, are, four is twofold, routine and discipline, right? So uncertainty, instability. Some people thrive in chaos, especially a lot of trauma survivors, actually. We, we, can, we can thrive in chaos. But the reality is that, uh, especially right now in times of great fear, it's easy if you have no routine to get sucked into the rabbit hole of the news or the Instagram or the comparison or the I'm not doing enoughs or the, that person's business is more successful or they're creating more than me or why can't I write like them or why am I not there yet or why they're doing all these workouts, whatever the fuck it looks like, right? And so routine, discipline, devotion right now to whatever your own practices are, right? Ask yourself, and this is, is going into sort of our, the, into number five is ask yourself what keeps you feeling good, solid, stable? What helps you, right? What is your medicine? And build that into a new normal routine for yourself, new normal ritual for yourself. What would be beneficial for you to do when you wake up in the morning? Hint, the answer is probably not pick up your phone. I know, I do it too, it's hard. But the answer is probably not pick up your phone. If you're consciously choosing that because you need to unplug and numb out, okay, great. I am never here to shame anyone for doing what you need to do, but routine and discipline are, are... beautiful beautiful spiritual practices beautiful personal practices that uh to me are kind of the unsung heroes right like manifestation is the sexy thing and tapping is the sexy thing and essential oils are the sexy thing or crystals like yo just fucking build yourself a routine of whatever it is that leaves you feeling nourished and start practicing some discipline and some devotion. I know I, I just entered into my Saturn return and I know discipline and devo- devotion. They're, they're, they, are, they are medicine I've, I've played with. Uh, they're not new to me. Um, but I know that uh, in my Saturn return, I, I feel such a deeper calling to integrate more fully, implement more fully discipline and devotion into the way I take care of myself, right? And that doesn't have to look like, you know, your discipline and devotion won't look like mine. And it doesn't, else, it doesn't have to look like anything. What nourishes you? Devote yourself to that. And discipline yourself enough to, to show up for it consistently. Devote yourself to, to continuing to check in continuing to explore, continuing to be curious again and again and again and again. Routine, discipline, devotion. If you have, if you like many of us have had your routine flipped on its head, it's time to reevaluate, create a new one. What ritual, conscious, intentional ritual, right? When I say routine, I'm not talking about the unconscious habits that we do. I'm talking about conscious disciplined devotional ritual 
I promise you, I have taught hundreds of women and a handful of men, hundreds of humans, uh, from a whole assortment of backgrounds to devote themselves to daily practice, to devote themselves to ritual. And time and time again, I've heard it from just nearly everyone I've worked with, when they start doing their practice consistently and then they go some time without, they feel the difference palpably, instantaneously. They see the difference in their lives. They see the difference in their livelihoods, in their businesses, in their relationships, in their health, in their happiness, in their motivation, in their clarity, in their everything. And this is, this is a really beautiful time actually to check in with your rituals because when, uh, when everything gets flipped on its head, on its head, on its head, I don't know where that accent came from. Uh, when everything gets flipped on its head, everything feels uncertain. So your brain and your body are already in this space of trying to recalibrate. So you, it gives you an opportunity to very consciously decide in a way that is more easy. Uh, because a lot of your habits have sort of been upended or shifted in some way or, you know, things have changed. So when things have already changed, it's actually a great time for you to change other things that may have been harder for you in the past because of old habit. <laughs> Hopefully that sentence made sense to you. So routine and discipline. And, and to build on that, thing number five I want to invite you into is a, a consistent ongoing practice of asking yourself out loud, in your mind, saying to yourself in the mirror, writing to yourself in your journal, whatever, whatever is easiest and most intuitive for you. What do I feel right now? What am I feeling? What am I aware of in my body? What do I feel right now? What is true for me in my experience right now? Just naming it without needing to judge it or analyze it or decide what does it mean? Where is it coming from? Why do I feel like this? None of just what do I feel right now? And then from that place of what I feel right now is, you ask yourself, okay, what I feel right now is dot, dot, dot. And so based on that, what I need right now is. You ask yourself what you need. And then you practice giving yourself what you need. What do I feel? Based on what do I feel, what do I need? Give yourself what you feel. Such a basic practice, but it is deeply, deeply beautiful reparenting, deeply beautiful inner child healing. It builds self-trust. It builds confidence. It builds self-esteem. It builds safety and stability. Like it is so simple and so potent in its power. So ask yourself, maybe you set an alarm in your phone. Set a reminder to go off. Maybe you make a commitment with a friend or someone you're sharing space with or a loved one or someone you miss who you wish you could see who you can't right now. And you make a commitment of, hey, every morning we're going we're gonna to check in with each other. I'm going to tell you how I'm feeling and what I need and what I'm committing to. And I want to you know, invite you to do the same. As always, there are myriad ways you can use these practices and adapt them and shift them and make them yours. What matters is that you... What matters is that you do, show up, try, play, explore. 
And the sixth and final invitation for you is, uh, is for you to move. So I, I don't mean this from the space of like, let's use quarantine to get ripped. Like, if you want to be working out, work out, great. But ultimately, this is more about movement creates, one, movement creates movement. And if you've got heavy, stuck, stagnant fear living in your body, if you start moving, whether it's like, do freaking, do jumping jacks, do squat jumps, do lunges, do uh, sun salutations, if you're a yogi, do whatever, whatever. Move in a way that moves your energy. That just moves your body. In a way that feels good. Not necessarily easy, right? Easy is not necessarily good. Right? But move your body. Because the other thing is, and you know this, everyone under the earth, everyone knows this. We all know this, right? We all know this stuff. Moving your body is going to release endorphins. It's going to release those feel-good, happy hormones, happy chemicals, happy neuropeptides, neurotransmitters, neuropeptides. Not a neuroscientist. Enthusiast, but not a neuroscientist. Regardless, it is going to release chemicals that make you feel better. So, move your body. And especially right now, I mean, I, many of you probably know, right? I, I live in New York City um, and I am definitely not leaving my house. And I've got, I've got a spacious apartment. I've got a lot of space for New York City, but it's, you know, it's an apartment. And uh, when I'm not teaching and not getting out to classes, I, there, I absolutely could like sit on my butt other than going to make coffee or food or pee, like, all day, and then sleep. Like, I could be sedentary for all the times. And that is not good for us. Your body was not designed for that. That much I know for sure. So move, 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 move. It doesn't have to be vigorous. The point is not to lose weight or look better or get toned or blah, blah, blah. That's not the point. The point is to take care of the physical body you are doing life with. So that you can take care of it, so that it can take care of you. So a quick recap of these six things, six ways, six practices. Thing number one, surrender to what is. Surrender to the feeling, surrender to the quote-unquote negative. Surrender to the process. Thing number two, play. Thing number three, exploring different ways that you can work into your heart space, heart work, connection, embodiment, working with grief. Thing number four, routine, devotion, discipline. Thing number five, asking yourself this so simple reparenting inner child practice of what do I feel right now? Based on what I feel right now, what do I need? And then taking action to give yourself what you need, right? Finding your medicine individually, uniquely, moment by moment. And sixth, simply move. Move. So again, my, my ask, my invitation for you is, is for you to take action on 
some of the medicine in this space, something you've heard, something you've gleaned from this? What is it that you want to move forward on that will create more of that positivity, that ability to feel calm, that ability to feel even neutral rather than terrified, rather than crippled by fear, rather than paralyzed. And if you feel called, I would love to hear from you on what action you decide to take. You can always reach out to me on Instagram at I am Chelsea Quint. We're still building, rebuilding uh, the Instagrams. So give me a follow over there uh, and send me a message. Let me know. Tag me in, in uh, what actions you're taking and share with a friend who you want to share this with, who would benefit from this. Loving, loving reminder that uh, whatever you're feeling is valid, is real, and the more you can be in it and work with it, the, the easier it will be for that to pass. It will not be here forever. That much I know for sure. And the situation we're living in will not be here forever. As always, if I can be of service to you, please reach out, please connect. I have space for private clients. If you need to do deeper work, if you really want to do deeper Dharma work on uh, finding what your medicine is on a more, for, more for the collective, right? And sharing your medicine, your gifts through the form of your art, your business, your voice, your leadership, your activism, um, and doing the healing work required to get you to be able to do that space. I have a couple spaces open for that. Uh, as well as offerings for more business-intensive support, trauma recovery support, lots of beautiful opportunities for us to connect and co-create together. Thank you, thank you for listening, for tuning in, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Survivor to Thriver with Chelsea Quint. I am so grateful that you did. Please go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast now if you're not already subscribed. And go ahead and share this episode, especially if it resonated with you. Share it across social media or with someone who you know would benefit. Stay tuned for more episodes as well as guided practices every single week. And as always, let me know what you think by following me on Instagram at chelsea.quint or sending in a voice note so that you can get some guidance, some feedback, and some insight on one of the next episodes. Have a great rest of your day. I'm sending you so much love.